Hey everyone, this is James White, the pastor of Lighthouse Community Church. It's also one of your co-hosts here on the Everyday Ministry Podcast. I wanted to begin this episode by just saying once again, due to some scheduling issues, we were not able to release a new episode. But what we do have for you is a sermon in which Chris Norsworthy, one of the other co-hosts here on the podcast, preached from his church in Louisiana a few weeks ago. We hope you enjoy this episode, but also tune back in with us at the end of the month. We have an interview that I personally was able to do with a gentleman about his book called The Singing Teacher. And I want to just encourage you to check out that episode as we talk about his book in the first half. And in the second half, we just get into some practical advice for not only worship leaders or worship pastors, but also senior pastors and how to work with worship leaders or If you're at a church that does not have a vocational worship leader, how do you work alongside those that are just volunteer staff? And so we want to encourage you to check out that episode at the end of the month. But until then, we hope you enjoy this episode. We are not all, or I don't know if any of us are licensed counselors, I'm definitely not, Um, and we're not all pastors, but we are all in the body of Christ, Um, and we all have those who are are our peers, um, those who are, you know, spiritually younger than us, or anyone who we are in a relationship who who may come to us for need, or some sense of... uh, Council. So tonight, I kind of titled this, uh, Being a Wise Counselor. Um, I don't in any, in the sense of the word counsel, I want us to look at, not as being a counselor, as I said, a licensed counselor, but as a person who has someone come to them in need, and you give them counsel. Um, So we're going to be looking at that from a biblical perspective tonight. A few of the Bible verses I want to read before we start, just real quick, uh, are Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six, which says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. First uh, Thessalonians five fourteen says, We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. And Proverbs again 24 6 says, By wise guidance you can wage your war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. Uh, so tonight I think we can look at this from three main perspectives. Uh, one is that you, every single one of you, I'll look at each of you so you know that I'm not talking to any specific one of you. You need counsel. 
Um, you need wise counsel. And the wisest counsel we can have is Scripture. We have the Bible, and that's the Word of God, and that's where we get our counsel from. Uh, and from that, I also want to say that there is the other two scenarios of, of someone coming to you in need of counsel. And whether they realize it or not, um, you are there for them to give counsel. And whenever you give them counsel, it is and ought to be from Scripture. Uh, we are wholly relying on the Bible. Now, as with the things that I've learned uh, from reading and uh, hearing, uh, well, this class was taught by um, Ted Tripp, Paul David Tripp's uh, brother. Um, so some of this will be, I'll quote him a couple times, and this basic outline came from him. Um, that uh, Now, we can learn from other people. We can learn from Pastor Rusty, from Pastor Jim, from Paul David Tripp, who was a counselor, from Ted Tripp, who was a counselor, other, you know, other people, we can learn from them. But whatever they say, we have to line it up with the Bible. If we're giving advice to anyone, we're not just picking it up from just, you know, a chicken soup for the soul, for the mechanic soul or whatever it is. You know, I don't know. There was like 3,000 of those books at one point. Um, I've never, I don't even know what was in them. Uh, they, but self-help books, it, we're looking, well, I don't know what they say. Uh, and if they deny what the Bible says, then they're not truthful. Because we know that, our, that what we get, our truth is from Scripture. Um, but we can take advice from other people. We will give advice from other people. We'll give counsel to other people. And it needs to be biblically based. Um, so, and, and the Bible is full, especially Proverbs, full of telling us that we need uh, to seek counsel. We need to be in wise counsel. And the New Testament, especially the epistles, talk about us being in the body together, encouraging, correcting, and things like that. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, the first thing, first point I'm going to look at is friendship and fellowship. Um. Ted Tripp says that uh, this is about the importance. This, this is about the importance of being plugged in as a fully functioning member of a solid Bible-believing church. Um, so the, the thing here is, as I imagine it, is that in church and in friendships, uh, not not friendship church, Reformation church, but in, in I have many friends who are believers outside of this church. Um, and many friends who are not believers outside of this church, and then friends within the church, uh, and they often have problems in their lives. And being their friend, they will talk to me about those problems. Um, and I'm sure you have the same thing, whether it be a peer, or whether it be a child, or you know, brother, sister, maybe even one of your parents. Um, someone's going to come to you with something. And it could be... Um, you know, uh, prayer for, you know, a former coworker or their family who's passed away or, or something like, um, someone who's having trouble with, you know, in their marriage or trouble with, uh, you know, they're constantly going at it, getting in fights with their mother or their brother, or, you know, there, there's a variety of things that can happen here. Some of them will directly involve, the sin of the person who's coming to you, um, some of them will not, such as if, if your child's puppy gets run over by a car. You know, 
maybe that your child didn't have anything to do with that, but they, they need counsel, they need love. And that's the first thing that I, that I want to talk about is love. First Corinthians 13, we're all familiar with this. Verse 4 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does uh, not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And as a friend or as a you know, fellow, fellow member of the body of Christ, we need to show love. Um, we need to be patient and kind. We, we're not arrogant. We do not insist on our own way. We're not irritable. Um, so, and we also need to show empathy. Uh, Romans twelve fifteen says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Um, and James 1, 19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, s- slow to anger. In order to have empathy for someone, um, we need to be quick to hear and slow to speak. When someone comes to you, when, and when we weep, if we, or if we need to know if we're going to weep with someone or if we're going to rejoice with them, we need to hear what they're saying. We need to actually hear what they're saying. Not what we assume that they're saying, what, what they're actually coming to us with saying and saying. Again, as I said, if, if, you know, if your child's animal, pet, has been killed, um, I'm sorry, this is a horrible example, but <laughs> it's a sad thing. Uh, but, but I'm using this as an example as the assumption that the child had nothing to do with it, right? Um, as in it's not a sin issue for your child um, or your friend, whoever this is. Uh, you know, perhaps you have a friend who's, whose spouse passed away, something that they were not directly involved with. Well, they were directly involved with it. Let's, talk, let's get that out of the way. If someone is doing something illegal, your job is to, you know, maybe call the police. <laughs> uh, get that out of the way. Um, maybe your counsel is to call 911. Uh, but barring that, we show love through patience. We show love through kindness. Um, and we listen to what this other person is telling us. Um, how we, we, in order to know how to counsel with them or how perhaps at that moment not counsel them perhaps just show them love through a hug show them love through listening um show them love through bringing them a meal they don't always need you to say something at least not immediately uh we we show love to people um and that can show but sometimes showing love to people as we'll talk about a little bit later um does involve correction, does involve a transgression of the law, uh, you know, sin. Um, And this brings us uh, to fellowship, where Galatians 6 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That's key, gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. For each one will have to bear his own load. 
So we bear one another's burdens. Now, everybody has their own burden to bear. But you have to keep watch on yourself. You have to not deceive yourself um, and bear one another's burdens. For those who are caught in transgression, uh, Matthew 18 also talks about someone that, well, I'll go ahead and read that. Um, And dealing with sin directly. um, Matthew 18, 15. And again, I said, remember here that uh, we, 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 our aim is to restore someone. And we restore them in a spirit of gentleness. Matthew 18, 15 says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen to you, Take one or more others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask... It will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So you see in that pattern, first it's two people, and then it it branches out slightly larger, and then it comes out even larger again. So in our context today, we could see that not everything is, is meant to be brought to a group of people. Not everything is meant, not everything someone, you know, whether it's a sin against you or, or a sin they, they, or a sin issue they talk with you about, not everything needs to come to Pastor Rusty. Not everything needs to go to a professional counselor. Um, not everything needs to go, you don't have to call 911 on everybody. Now, again, if they're physically hurting someone, please call the police. <laughs> they do. Um, but... So I'm, so I'm just thinking I'm, I'm bringing like rabbit trailing to people who like call 911 on McDonald's when like their Happy Meal was cold or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call, yeah, so that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about that all of us have a role in counseling, in dealing with sin, uh, or dealing with sorrow, uh, and, and the needs of our friends and the people who we're in fellowship with. Um, it's not always an entire church issue. Sometimes it can become an entire church issue, uh, and I'm sure you've all you've all seen that before. But it is all of our responsibilities to be involved with the people that we're involved with, and not neglect that. And our aim is to restore them. It is to do it in love. I mean, as you saw in Matthew 18, the pattern is not if someone is in sin, you go shout it. In front of the whole church, so everybody will, will know about it. No, your your aim is to restore someone. Your aim is to help them. Uh, secondly, uh, tonight, so we looked at uh, friendship and fellowship. Secondly, we're looking at faith. Uh, Doctor Tripp says uh, this is developing hope that brings change. Um, <clears throat> he says that God is full of grace and power. 
There are no problems outside God's capacity to provide help and healing. Um, as you remember, many of you remember uh, one of the things I, one of the sermons I preached before Thanksgiving was on Psalm 88, which is just a bleak psalm. There's just no joy, no hope in it at all. Um, and we don't know directly what had caused that specific uh, sorrow in that person's life, whether it was sin or whether it was something not, not dealing with their sin at all. But we all run into different situations. Sometimes it is something from outside of you that is causing the sorrow on you. Sometimes it is sin within a person. And again, you can apply this to yourself as much as you're thinking about other people you need to be applying this to. Um, Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So we're pointing people to hope, to the hope that is in God. Uh, turn with me to 1 Peter 3, 9. No, sorry. First Peter chapter one, verses three through nine. No wait. That's the wrong verse. Hold on. So it is First Peter. One three. Oh. No. I had it written down right. I went to the wrong page. I, I went to where I said to and then said it was wrong, but then I was still looking at it. Uh, <laughs> first, first Peter chapter one. There's too many numbers. There's numbers on both sides of the word. It's confusing. First uh, Peter chapter one, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you by God's power, um, are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So as you see here, we're specifically speaking and thinking of Christians in this moment. We, we're giving, if the hope that we're giving people is either A, you are a believer, or B, you can, you can put your faith in Christ. Um, but the only hope you have is through faith in Christ. Um, verse 6 continues, In this re you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through it, is tested by fire, uh, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at that revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you loved him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls. So he's saying that you will, at various times, to various degrees, 
um, be grieved. You will have trials, but your hope is in salvation. And your hope is in that you see him. And even though you do not see him, we're looking for him. We're looking to Jesus. And that is the ultimate hope that in this temporal world, this, this physical world that we are a part of, we're going to have problems. But, but our hope is not temporal. Our hope is not temporary. Our hope is eternal. And this is the hope that we can give people. This is the ultimate hope. Now, there are various kinds of hope. Being in a friendship and being in fellowship with people, that is... That, is, that, that brings a, a form of hope. God does not care. I mean, God does not not care about you here on earth. God does care about you and your time here. God cares about how you feel. We should care about how others feel. So we're not, we're not saying it doesn't matter that your puppy died. right? But we're saying that it does matter. We do mourn with you. We do weep with you. Uh, you know, Jesus, we even see Jesus weeping. He felt sorrow. Even though he knew the ultimate hope, and even though he knew he, he was going to bring someone back from the dead, um, he still f- had feelings, and he still mourned with those who mourned. And that's how we act and interact with people. Um, that what happens here matters, and we'll take care of that as best as we can. But our ultimate hope, because sometimes you, there, there's no end in sight for problems that happen here on earth and our ultimate hope is jesus christ it is salvation it's eternal and that's where we direct people's hope is to him okay we're over halfway done y'all point number three is facts and focus um so this is where and look, I want to make this clear that these things that I'm talking about don't necessarily, they're not happening like in a linear kind of way. They're just broken up this way just to, so we can talk about them topically. Um, so this is where we find out what the issues is, what's happening. Um, sometimes this is over a longer period of time um, or a longer conversation. Someone may come to you and say, you know, uh, my husband hates me, he never does. And then, like, you find out more longer in the conversation, well, they're blaming everything on their husband, but they're doing stuff too. <laughs> like, so you have to find out the facts and redirect the focus. Um, so we, we want to give teaching about how God speaks about things in life, uh, about how the Bible teaches us how to act. That We need to look through a biblical lens uh, to understand all of life. Um, so, so we compare our life to the Bible. That's an easier way of saying it. Uh, James 1.22 says, um, <clears throat> Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, 
he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Now, now the heart is a big issue here, um, and, and it'll be a theme through the next uh, few points. Uh, people are, are often deceiving themselves. And their heart is deceived because they have deceived themselves, so they're not seeing clearly. They're not seeing as they ought to see. And that's why the Bible, the Scripture, is like a mirror. We hold it up, and it, and it reflects the truth to you. And not only reflect, it reflects the truth that is within the text, it reflects the truth that's happening in your life back to yourself. Um, and that's why we need to be in the Word. You need to be in the Word. I'm, I'm sure you, you experience this as often, right? I mean, you're, you're reading through Scripture, and you just, like... You read something and you kind of get like that stabbing pain. You're like, oh, like this is me. <laughs> like sometimes it's joy. It's a joyous thing. Like, oh, this is exactly what I needed. Now, like, oh, I can conquer the world. And sometimes you read it and you're like, oh man, like I'm just I'm dirt. <laughs> um, but whatever it is, the the Bible speaks to you where you're at. Um, and it is because as as Hebrews four twelve says that. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. It discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from its sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So we see that the word of God is alive. We, we can have faith that God gave us this. We, have, we understand, as I said, that as we read it, it speaks to us. We see ourselves more clearly and more truthfully in it. But whenever we speak it to others, we need to have faith that the same will happen for them. Um, that whenever we read Scripture or whenever we talk about Scripture or whenever we talk in a biblical way, that they will understand the truth of their situation um, and the truth of Scripture. Uh, Romans 15.4 says, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Again, there's the word hope. We, the Scripture is given to us for hope. Now, it may sting sometimes. Maybe often it stings. But ultimately, it is for that hope that we have, that it is giving us, that it is pointing us to, um, and that we can rely on. Fourthly, uh, and my last, my, our last point for tonight, is, uh, is future. So we've had uh, friendship and fellowship, faith. Uh, number three was facts and focus. And fourth is future. And this is a commitment to biblical solutions and a plan or strategy for the future. Um, let's read, if you can, want to, another hefty chunk of scripture. I'm reading a lot of scripture tonight. I, was say, I hope that doesn't bother you, but if it does, I hope it does. Ezekiel chapter 14. 
time soon. Ezekiel 14, verse 1, says, Then certain of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me, and the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, these men have taken their idols into their hearts and set the stumbling block for their iniquity before their faces. Should I indeed let myself be consulted by them? Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, any one of the house of Israel who takes his idols into his heart and sets the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and yet comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him as he comes with the multitude of his idols, that I may lay hold of the hearts of the house of Israel who are all estranged from me through their idols. Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord, repent and turn away from your idols and turn away your faces from all your abominations. For any one of the house of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn in Israel, who separates himself from me, taking his idols into his heart and putting the stumbling block of iniquity before his face, and yet comes to a prophet to consult me through him, I, the Lord, will answer him myself. So here we see repeatedly that men are taking idols into their hearts. So we know that they're not physically putting, you know, a, a wooden block of sculpted metal or whatever into their chest. They're, it's their hearts are idolatrous. And what does an idolatrous heart create? It creates a stumbling block of their iniquity in front of, there's a block up the microphone, in front of their face. It blocks their eyes. They cannot see properly because of what is going on in their heart. And Colossians 3, 5 says, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Romans 1, well, there's a big section of most of Romans 1. I'll just read a couple of verses 18 uh, through 32, but I'll read 21 says, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts darkened. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creator or the creature rather than the creator. Our problem often is that we have idolatry in our hearts. We've exchanged the truth for a lie, and we're living according to that lie. We're living with that iniquity as a stumbling block in front of us. And it's idolatry. We're serving something else other than God. Um... What verse was it here? God says in verse 6, as I just read, was God says this, Repent and turn away from your idols, and turn away your faces from all abominations. 
And the end is that God says, if they come up to you, well, I'm going to answer them myself. You don't want to get there. And we want to let our, our friends, those who are in, we're in fellowship with, if they have idolatry, if, they have, if they're living according to a lie, if they're living according to their own iniquity, we need to let them know. For the sake of their soul, not just for the sake of what's happening here on earth where you know, they can't get along with their spouse or their coworker or whatever. We need to let them know for eternal reasons that, that they ought to repent. And we ought to repent often. This is, again, apply this to yourself. What are the problems that are going on in your life, in my life? I, like, I had to write a 10-page paper on all of this. On a, on, I had to take a sin issue in my life and write a 10-page paper on it, according to this and a lot more. So, look. And then I had to turn it in and like let professors read it. So, <laughs> if you feel like I'm preaching hard at you right now, you're getting off easy. <laughs> and I had to get a grade on it, too. All right. I did well, though, so don't, which is why I'm able to get up here and, and, and preach it to you. Um, so thank God for good grades. So. <laughs> if I made a D on the paper, I couldn't get up here and preach it to you. Did you really repent at that point? <laughs> uh, well, I don't need to repent for bragging. I'm just letting you know, I've been preaching this stuff to, this stuff to me, too, so... We're all in this together. Um, right, so we need to recognize if there is a sin issue, we need to recognize uh, that there has been an exchange for, of just truth for the lie, that there has been, that there is not repentance. Um, and thereby we, we then delight in the law of God. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So we need to actively be applying the word of God in our lives. We need to actively help those who need counsel to apply it in their lives. And we, we teach, we reproof, uh, re, 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 I got rebuke and reproof mixed up. Reproof, which, which kind of means rebuke, um, or we correct uh, and we, we help train in righteousness according to the scripture. And we're doing this in love. We're doing this as a friend, we're doing this in gentleness. Um, so we teach others the word of God. Uh, and again, as, as I read in, in James 1 earlier, it says that the one who looks into the perfect law, being a, not a hearer only, but uh, he becomes a doer of the word, that he will be blessed in all of his doing. So remember that whenever we were following the law of God, whenever we were delighting in his law, that this brings blessing in the doing of it. Um, and how do we delight in his law? We, we, we do this through following what scripture says. We do it through delighting in God himself. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And we pursue Christ. Second Corinthians three says, When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
And we all with unveiled face behold the glory, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now, there's a lot here. We take oh, Psalms 34, 8 says, We taste and see. 2 Corinthians 3 says that the veil has been removed, that we have an unveiled face. Ezekiel 14 was speaking of us having a stumbling block of iniquity in front of our faces. So how could we see? How do we see? Because whenever we, as 2 Corinthians 3 says, whenever one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. So if there is a veil of iniquity, a veil of sin... Repent and turn to him, and he will remove the veil. He will set you free. And there is freedom there. And this is also uh, what pa Pastor Rusty was speaking on uh, at the conference, sanctification. And what he spoke on a, a few Wednesdays ago here, speaking of sanctification, that uh, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Our life is a life of one degree to the next. <laughs> Sometimes it may feel like two steps back, one step forward or whatever. Um, but we're not called to do this alone. We're called to do this as part of the body. And that's you, and that's me, and that's everybody in here. That we're called to be in fellowship. To be a healthy member of the body of Christ. You can't be I mean, there's plenty of people who say, oh, I'm a Christian, and they don't go to church. Well, you're not a healthy Christian, if, if you are at all, because this is how we become uh, sanctified. It's not just through, through you and your Bible at home. It's together. And then you play a role in that as well for others who need to know, uh, who need to be pushed in the direction of Scripture you need to be pushed uh, to restoration to leave their sin. Um, and again, as I said, this, these things apply to those of us who at different times in our lives, it's not because of our sin. It's because of somebody else's sin or some other thing that was out of our control that we need counsel and we need love and we need friendship. And this all needs to be from a biblical standpoint as as. 2 Timothy uh, 3.16 says, All scriptures breathe out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, and training in righteousness. That every area of life, we need scripture. Every area of life, we need to be reading it, putting it into ourselves, but we also need other people to be doing that for us as well because we can often see what's going on in somebody else's life uh, from a more objective uh, standpoint than they can. Um, it's often subjective whenever, I mean, we all do this, where something bad happens and we all think, I'm the victim here. I'm 100% the victim here, and then they're the transgressor. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's actually not victimization, it's sowing and reaping. It's something that we've done um, and then we're reaping it, and then we're blind to it. Um, and that's why we need Scripture. That's why we need the body of Christ. Um, that's why we need each other, and we need to be an active part of the body of Christ on both, both sides of that. Whenever someone comes to you 
um, with reproof, with instruction, we need to, you need to be humble and realize that if what they're bringing to you is according to Scripture, that you need to be humble and be accepting of that. Um, and we don't need to be afraid on the flip side of that to bring Scripture to those who are in need. Um, in gentleness, <laughs> for the purpose of restoration, if there's a sin issue. Um, and then if it's not a sin issue, we need to be there to weep with those who weep, to rejoice with those who rejoice, uh, and to be, and just to be there for them. And that's, that's biblical as well. And we can bring them advice or we can bring them counsel uh, as they progress along out of that. We can help them uh, with Scripture through the Spirit. Um, I guess I'll open up to, I don't know if there's any questions to, I know that was kind of a lot of Scripture I threw out there. Um, anybody have any thoughts or comments or questions about uh, what we've talked about tonight? Got a few extra minutes. I'm looking at Matthew because I'm like, he always has a question or something. <laughs> 730, so. One of the things you're saying is that all of us ought to be counseling in the business of counseling to some degree. Yes. Yeah, so what I'm saying is, and again, to kind of recap what I said at the beginning was that some of us are, are pastors, some of us, some are, not us, but some in the body or licensed Christian counselors. Um, and then, but all of us are called to be part of the body and to be giving wise biblical counsel to those who are in need. Um, and that's what we're all called to be in this together. Um, and, and that again, the word counsel or counselor is often used as like a title these days. Um, whereas, gen and, you know, the word in itself, it doesn't really mean that. Okay. Let's close in prayer. If you're encouraged by what you hear, please go like our Facebook page, share the episodes, and rate the podcast on iTunes. Don't forget that a new episode drops every first and third Mondays. Our prayer is that these episodes are an encouragement to you and that you would be faithful in the ministry that God has placed you in.
Need our power.